0: it's been a long season on the crown but we are breaking down season five of the Crown this week on the Lords of Grantham podcast. We got power rankings of all the characters. We're going to talk about what happened, and we'll talk about what we expect to see in season six. Let's go. What's up? You have selected. I love I love I love
1: and. Season is over, but we're back, Corey. How's everything going?
0: It's it's okay. How about you, Dave?
1: Good. I'm good. I'm good. Still recovering from
0: of the crown for season five.
1: Yes, indeed. One more time. Speaking of one more round, uh, thanks to everybody that listened to our High Clear Castle Gin episode that dropped last week. Uh, Apologies to the uh, Crown loyalists who might be like, "What the heck is this? What does this have anything to do with?" Anything we're listening to, but longtime fans of the podcast know there are there are a fam at this point, third time, and I thought it was fun.
0: Yeah, yeah, it was a good time. Got a little cocked, and you know, hope you enjoyed it.
1: Yeah, simple as that. If you haven't listened to that yet, and you're listening to this, check it out. There's some nuggets about the crown in there, and and the royalty. So. Even perhaps a a drink that that the king, the new king might like. Someone we're going to be talking about the fictionalized version of it here. So, yeah, that's fun. Any news in the fronts of our shows? You look excited.
0: Well, why don't we stick to High Clear? So uh, apparently they had to, uh, was it state? uh, This is according to Daily Mail. Stately home where Downton Abbey was filmed, Highclere Castle cancels wedding season due to a lack of seasonal staff and every costable ma- cost imaginable rising. Uh oh. So like I guess it was, you know, it's a home that a lot of people like to get married at. It's very scenic, it's very pretty. Uh and, you know, it's just not happening. La- Lady Carnarvon, you know, said that they tried everything. Uh there's no point in pursuing it, you know. It's just it's just an expensive task, you know. So, if you're looking to get married at uh, Highclere Castle, it's not happening. Happening. I'm sorry for to. You're gonna have to falling. bring your own
1: J. of The P. and Do it real discreet.
0: <laughs> yeah, maybe you could propose there. You, you could you can get it down on one knee.
1: I'm sure. I'm sure we get at least what's how many proposals a year do we get at Highclere Castle?
0: Oh, uh, I would say uh, a
1: couple digits. I'd say I'd say forty.
0: 40. Okay. I, I would say 24. Let's keep it conservative. 24? Okay. Twice a month. Because then you say 40, you're saying like every other week there's someone getting a, a
1: proposal there. Yeah. I mean, I guess, I, I guess I'm thinking like how many people a day get engaged at Disney World? Mm-hmm. And we want to extrapolate those numbers to another sort of IP-based historical site. How many Anglophiles and Downton and heads are... How many people want to recreate that moment at the end of Season 2? <laughs> you
0: just got to wait for it to snow, and then you're good to go. Just ha- hanging out outside Highclere Castle Lake. Yeah, pro- that's probably illegal
1: to be, to be on like an unplowed road at Highclere at night. Mm-hmm. But I put in a good word with the Carnarvons, they can make it happen. Yeah, We'll see what we can do on your behalf if you want to do that.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh In other news, uh, you know, we talked the other week about how Aiden Turner was spotted without his ring and his wife. Well, a new photo emerged a couple weeks ago of him with his wedding ring firmly planted on his on his finger. So he's doing just fine.
1: That's that's not necessarily what that means, but it's bad. He's
0: wearing the ring. Hey, I I thought it was a coincidence. Kind of funny though um, that. He was doing re- interviews recently for his new uh, West End show, Lemons, Lemons, Lemons. Uh, and Aiden Turner was saying that actors should have an air of mystery about their private lives. It's like, huh. So that's a funny comment to make around now. He well, he doesn't he's not do super, social media. He doesn't Twitter. He's
1: not, ta- he's not tapped into anything.
0: Yeah. So Aiden Turner, man of mystery.
1: And, he, and all about it.
0: But he does have a child from last year, uh, January twenty twenty two. So maybe he's just a little busy, also.
1: Yeah, maybe the kid like threw up on his hand and he had to get the ring cleaned or something. Who knows? Yeah, let's not speculate on what our man is up to. No, let's call up our our old pal Kyle Solar from Bridgeport and talk to him,
0: <laughs> see what he knows is going on. Um, but that's pretty much it in the out in the news of outside of what we watch. Uh, you know, of of our shows. Um. You know, Gilded Age, uh, there's an article. Season 2 premiere date. Why so quiet? <laughs> these things print themselves. I feel like these, great.
1: the spring premieres in general, um, uh, there's a lot of mystery about what's happening.
0: I mean, is doing just fine with The Last of Us right now. They're in no rush to, mm-hmm. to
1: get Gilded Age back on the air. And that's fine. I mean, yeah. for, not for us, because we might wind up like at a fork in the road where we need to jump immediately to the Gilded no, Age.
0: No, no, no. We're finishing Dark next. That's going to happen... Next week. We're going to start it, and we're going to finish Indeed. it in one week. We're going to watch the 10 speak, yeah.
1: <laughs> Hypothetically speaking, if Gilded Age came out like smack in the middle of the season of Poldark, that we were our coverage, we'd have to jump ship and return.
0: Would we? I, I'm finishing Poldark. It'll be two separate shows. We're just going to branch off where we each talk about the show we're watching. I
1: don't know how much free time you have to watch and record. Well, well, listeners, well, if that's something you give us your advice, what would you do? What would the listener do?
0: Would you listen Gil- to Dave talk about the Guild Age while I keep talking about Poldark by myself?
1: I, I well, the thing is, I'm going to finish Poldark. I'm not going to abandon Poldark. It would just well, be a temporary.
0: I, I can't. Once we start, we get we gotta finish it. But we'll cross yeah, that bridge at, when we, we get there.
1: We say that as people that have rode this, uh, beaten this dead horse of the Crown season five, <laughs> what f- four months after it came out, like we're still. <laughs> Three Here. months. Let's be charitable to months, ourselves. Three months,
0: three months. Well, let's get into it. Um, Dave, off the top of your head, your feelings on The Crown Season 5.
1: It brought me back to, you know, when we watched Season 1 and we were like, I don't know if we're ever going to do this again. And, you know, we got a couple not-so-savory uh, Apple Podcast reviews that were like, these guys lost their their smile yeah with the crown and i feel like it upticked in three and then four and five were also good or um two and three and four were good and Mm -hmm. this i don't think is bad i just think it lacks a purpose you know and it it, i think the the britannia the boat being the anchor on the beginning and the end of the season is such a stupid thing because this could be a plot throughout the whole season as they're using the boat. They're always on the boat. The boat is always around. They're always talking about the mm-hmm. boat. But in the most crown fashion, they just pick it up when it's important, put it down, and then pick it up again and try to make it like that's an arc. That is not an arc. Yeah. But it's not bad. It's not a bad season. Yeah. It's, it's very
0: obvious with that Britannia bit. Like, oh, it's being put out the pasture like the queen herself. Noted. <laughs> um. I mean, listeners of the podcast, they'll you know they'll recall us saying during the season that we were we were enjoying it. It was, it was pretty fun this season, I think, but some way past the mid midway point of the season, it started to curdle into something feeling a little bit slight. Where I was like, okay, these episodes are shorter. They're they're a little punchy. They're fun, but what's it adding up to? And it, it's mm-hmm. like when you know the whole season, they're hanging the Diana Charles thing over it. It, it just kind of makes it feel like you're treading water until it you know, reaches the whole thing with the, the broadcast airing, the fallout from that, and, and where do they go from here? And still feels like they're treading water until they Diana departs, you know? We, we know that's coming. Mm-hmm. And, and so they just kind of revisit tired storylines of Charles hanging out with a lady. Is that What does that mean for his marriage to Elizabeth? You know, uh, Char- not Charles, I'm sorry, uh, Phil. Phil. Oh. Yeah, Phil. Meanwhile, Charles is you know frustrated that he can't be king. It's like we've seen these stories so many times over mm-hmm. uh, that it just doesn't feel feel like they had enough fresh ideas to carry them through a ten episode season actually
1: I think that they were riding the buzz of Diana being like fairly recent history mm-hmm. that they said this will be good. we're going to capture the the attention of all these you know millennials and and Younger Gen X people and even the boomers who, who grew up with Diana as a, a living human and watched this all unfold, whereas the other ones were slightly more historical in a sense that we didn't, I didn't have much of a frame of reference for a lot of it. Um, I know like people maybe five, 10 years older than us might not have a frame of reference for a lot of that stuff. Mm-hmm. This felt like so present that a lot of it almost felt like, okay, we're, we're referencing 90s TV, we're referencing stuff. Billy, Big Mouth Billy Bass. Uh, and and it just seems to do so with, like, like a, like a I Love the 90s, rather than, you know, with featuring yeah. the royal family versus a story about history.
0: Right. It, it starts to feel less lived in. Uh, you know, it's like spot the reference or, you know, the thing that you recognize maybe. It's less, yeah, couched in history. Um, that is so far away. Uh, so... Yeah, there's definitely a bit of a disconnect there. Um, And even then, I mean, how do you feel about adjusting to the actors this season, Dave, in terms of, you know, falling in with their performances after coming out of uh, Olivia Coleman and uh,
1: Tobias Tobias Menzies? (laughs) Uh, I think, well, I mean, I think that Prince Philip uh, is not, didn't quite rise up to the Tobias Menzies in the, is it Matt Smith in season one and Mm -hmm. two? Yeah, that's and big. I thought uh, the queen was good. Mm-hmm. She she plays. Yeah, Mel's this,
0: son was fantastic. I thought. Yeah,
1: yeah, she did a good job. Obviously, we have our feelings on on McNulty, uh, our boy Dominic West. He's great.
0: He's loving it. It's, oh, he's too good. He's too good as Prince Charles. He's too. He he's
1: too good, and he's too weirdly charming. He's like a Marvel yeah. villain. Right. Like he's the, the guy who's. Yeah, he's given money to like. Venom or something like that on the DL like he's that kind of guy <laughs> okay. and I thought I mean Debicki's phenomenal I thought
0: she's good I think she's solid I don't know about phenomenal I think that's a bit of a stretch I think she does what you would expect someone to do in that role but there's no real moment where I thought like wow you know and part of that's also I don't know how many moments they give her to really kind of lean into some kind of dramatics it's more so her just kind of looking morose for much mm-hmm. of the season you know um but how well, do you think she
1: of, compares to what well, emma Corrin? is that her name from the last season
0: so uh, yeah i mean i f- feel like emma Corrin. there's something about the way she portrayed diana that was like there's a fragility to her that she captured and Yeah, she's
1: kind of she's kind of manic pixie dream girl at that phase in her life Yeah, i think when we bit. meet her she's like dressed as a fairy right? yeah
0: yeah, yeah, she is. Um, and Debicki, she carries Diana a little bit more damaged, but I just feel like the, the show doesn't give her too much. And even like then when she has the one episode where she's dating, uh, was it Hasnat Khan? Um, mm-hmm. Where she's making overtures to, to go out with him and stuff, it still feels a little bit like reserved. And, and maybe that's true to Diana, but it doesn't leave a strong impression, is my, my takeaway. Even in the, the last fight that she has with uh, Charles when they're having uh, scrambled eggs. I mean, it just feels like Dominic West is kind of rolling over in that scene a little bit, which may, again, be true, but also, I think, just the charisma of Dominic West versus Debicki being a little bit more, I don't know, demure, uh, shy, I I, I don't know.
1: Shell-shocked?
0: Yeah, and again... I think they're playing the roles that just doesn't leave a strong impression. At least for me, it didn't with Debicki mm-hmm. compared to Aaron corn, who's, I, I feel like there's some specificity to the way she was playing it. That stuck with you.
1: Yeah. So maybe it's the, the material and not, not necessarily uh Debicki's performance.
0: Yeah. I do love how they tried to hide how tall she was all season. When it's like, dude, she's towering over the entire cast. It's, it's comedic. Um, but dave you mentioned mentioned Prince Prince Phil real quick with Jonathan Price playing him Mm-hmm. he just feels like an old man he doesn't feel like prince the prince Phil we know all the way it just feels like a, i mean maybe i mean Prince Phil was a little bit cranky in older age but it it doesn't seem as recognizably Phil you know like a, a cad a, a rogue if you will
1: if you want to talk about and and i mean no no disrespect to the real prince Philips looks mm-hmm. but I think Prince Philip is a little bit more uh Old man Prince Philip is a little bit more like, and I said that this version of Prince Charles in the show is like a Marvel B villain. Mm-hmm. I think Old man Prince Philip is kind of like a, a like the Emperor in Star Wars. Like he needs to have like worse posture and his face needs to be sunken. He needs to have a pointy nose. It's like when you want read Harry Potter and then you you picture S- Professor Snape in your head and then you see Alan Rickman. It's like not the same and. Physically, what's the actor's name who plays Phil in this one?
0: Wait, wait, were you saying that Alan Rickman doesn't look like F- Professor Snape?
1: Not if you read the book.
0: Oh, really? I, I thought they—I thought it was on, but may, maybe I need to go back and read the book. But, no, I think you're okay. You're gonna, you don't have to. Years. You don't have to
1: support that woman anymore. <laughs> okay, with her right, right.
0: But yeah, I mean, Prince Phil—we just have the visual. Like he seemed taller and more, yeah, decrepit, as you were saying, Dave. And that was not Jonathan Price. And, 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 admittedly, he's in his seventies here, but. Yeah, yeah, I d- didn't
1: see it. Um, there was no, like, uh, there's a certain playfulness to, to obviously to Matt Smith being, like, a young, mm-hmm. newlywed Prince Charles, or uh, Prince Philip, and then there's a certain, like, midlife crisis that we got from Menzies that, that plays out in the the glee towards the astronauts and mm-hmm. him, you know, changing his love from, you know, Polo or whatever, and then... Jonathan Price just seems like an old man, like preloaded yeah. with these memories that don't have any of the weight. Like, you you know, you were saying, he's he's just the old... You know, make, make him grumpier. Make him, like, more introspective. It seems like he's... It seems like things are going really well for this old man.
0: And, I mean, and maybe it's because he's changed as a person, but when we see him interacting with Penny, he seems more reactive and sensitive to what she needs and stuff, whereas there's i always feel like the you know the way Tobias and Matt Smith played him he's a little bit more suave than he is here which i don't think mm-hmm. Jonathan Price has there, he doesn't have the panache to carry like some of the more like you know cuz like even then they they could get like hot tempered but here he just sounds like an angry old man he doesn't have a certain charisma to him exactly and, and,
1: and i think Very piggybacking backing off of what you're saying about penny mm-hmm. the most important relationship for him is with queen elizabeth and he doesn't seem like her, like, ride or die. He seems like yeah. her, like, if you had told me not knowing what was going on, you're like, that guy is either, like, her brother, her cousin, or her husband. Which one do you think it is? Husband would not be choice number one for me based on their chemistry on screen.
0: Yeah. That's fair. But I, I do think, I mean, because I feel like we're bagging on the show, but Melda Sun is like, that's ace casting. <laughs> I th- I thought she was fantastic and like you just forget like oh yeah this is an actress i, I like mm-hmm. honestly i thought she carried the weight of being the queen and everything and also just in a way that seemed true to the performances that came before her too, from olivia and claire foy um yeah i honestly she she's the award winner of the bunch if you had to choose one or 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 prince chuck dominic west because he's just so damn charming
1: <laughs> whatever whatever like However, he decided to tweak that character. They gave him the like, creative freedom to just make Prince Charles his own. He's just character. dancing in that one episode <laughs> uh,
0: with his charity. Um, but yeah, I, I, and so just drilling down back on that point, though, of just like how much do these actors get to work with? And we were saying before, there seems like they're spinning their wheels. It speaks volumes that the most interesting or best episode of the season is the one focused. In my opinion, the one that focused on Mohammed Al Fayed and, and Dodi, mm-hmm. absolutely, because, because it's completely different from everything that we got before, and there just seems to be actual fascination with their story as they tell it. You know, the way it jumps from this point, and then there is this, and then there is this, and it all leads to this, and it's exciting. And you're wondering where it's all going, and you see it, and it's very satisfying in a lot of ways. And the way it also ties in the history of you know the the family to it, I thought was very very effective, uh, Mm -hmm. you know, and and that's something that the show only touches on time to time. uh, But I think it actually does well from it. Like the epitaph house where they find out about King George murdering the the family. I wasn't the best episode, but I thought it was a good usage of their history, you know, and and how that can like feed into the stories that they're telling today. Mm -hmm. Um, especially as they get tired with the, the stories that they're, they're currently telling.
1: Um, and and part, part of me thinks that the lack of any real riveting plots that don't involve Diana and Charles just have to, maybe is it the 90s, was kind of a peaceful period for the mm-hmm. monarchy? Was there not that much rock in the boat aside from that?
0: Well, I mean, they, they kind of, I mean, it is the Diana of it all, really. That, yeah, that's what so it basically
1: is. Diana is the, the meat and potatoes and... They can't find anything else,
0: and then Tony Blair overtaking things and stuff. Uh, and if that has any effect, we'll see. Um, yeah, it just feels like they're they're kind of the fact that they wanted to do one more season and then they broke it into two. I think tells you a lot with how much they felt they had to cover versus that they need to cover. So,
1: mm-hmm. well, there's a whole episode where like the B plot is. The queen doesn't know how to use a, a remote control on her TV. Like you can't tell me that they were ripe with ideas when that's your your B plot. They
0: needed to remind us one more time that, you know, she's she's like she's a old. dinosaur, like. Her, she needed to make like a comparison TV.
1: of she compares herself to her her house, her ship, mm. and her TV. It's like every sort of aged piece of technology. She just goes, "Isn't this emblematic of me?" It's like, "Yeah, yeah. okay. Okay, it, Elizabeth."
0: That's the other thing too, with the Britannia stuff. Like we you know, we saw her with it early in the, the show where they're riding the boat. And that I feel like there's a way to land the Britannia thing if you had wove it in and out of the seasons as being part of mm-hmm. her whole life. And now they just suddenly bring it up as it's this big thing. Whereas you take um, Margaret with uh, Timothy Dalton coming back into the picture as um, her ex lover. I can't remember his name on yeah, the top Peter Townsend. Of my head. Peter Townsend. That is so much more resonant than anything because we saw that story. We we saw how you know much that messed up Margaret and sent her on like kind of a downward trajectory where she's just kind of boozing through life, and so it, it had some weight to it when he showed up and reminded her you know of those times. Whereas like if they had did something like that with a Britannia, where like just a few comments of her just speaking about how much she loves the boat or something, it would be something at least to latch on to as to why it bothers her so much you know otherwise it's just like oh you lost your luxury item sucks to be you huh
1: yeah that's the ultimate first world problem your yacht is being (laughs) decommissioned
0: seriously um martin bashir stuff that was fun though you know they kind of ran through it though uh but that's also they're also running into the issue though. Some of the stuff is so well known. What can they really add or spin to it that hasn't already been you know done to it? So I think that's also part part of the challenge that they're running into here is just keeping it fresh mm-hmm. to the point where they have to inject John Major into situations to be like, hey, the Prime Minister. We're using yeah. him. Well, in different how, how
1: speaking of that, how would you how would you rank John John Major and the Crown Prime Minister? Of it all, rankings. Oh, um, we can say entertainment I, factor because you know we don't mean to whoa. speak on politics.
0: Because the problem with, with with that is the entertainment factor is the highest for the prime ministers that are the worst, <laughs> versus the ones that are actually good at their job. Because if we want to talk prime ministers, Anthony Eden is number one. On the Eden, <laughs> number one. <laughs> Absolutely the best. Who knows what Blair
1: world. can do? We know. We'll see. Does he, does he have world. a drug
0: problem? Uh, is is he uh, trying to jump uh, to another country? Um, you know, did you
1: make it a die? <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. Bring back Anthony Eden for one more run. What are we doing here? Just um, a
1: skeleton with a suit on and like a <laughs> needle in he, its bone.
0: We say this all the time. This show takes such pains to try and stay true to history, and then breaks it so easily with a hand wave bring back Anthony Eden, make Diana Day, uh, Muhammad Al-Fayed. Who cares? You've already done 5 seasons of this. Go wild for the last season. No, they're not going to get canceled. You're already ending yourself. Just do it.
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh, I will say but, I, I think John Major is I think he was more entertaining than um, Thatcher was.
0: Yeah, I mean Thatcher was a drag by all accounts. I, w- I would say Major is like middle of the road. Uh he's not uh Churchill. You know, um, mm-hmm. he's not Anthony Eden. Uh, also, I would say he's actually a little less entertaining than that sad sack guy who's, whose wife wasn't into him. <laughs> the one who followed Oh, Churchill yeah, geez. Or after <laughs> All, all the
1: Anglophiles are probably so upset with this. That. <laughs> that guy was they such a loser, anything. though.
0: Because like his wife was just cheating on him. And then we just never really saw a resolution to it other than, like, yeah, this guy's wife just cheated on him all the time. He was mm-hmm. a loser. And he was prime minister. Uh good times um so I yeah.
1: major had some some fun interactions with his wife some comp- but again they always play for the like the allegories and the similes and stuff like that where it's mm. like oh my marriage is in shambles but i'm being assigned by the queen to do this what a what a situation where yeah. it's like oh come on not everything has to have some some comparability to life like it and can just thing- be <laughs>
0: that they're trying to do with John Major here that I think is a bit of a contrast to the previous ones. It's like, well, Thatcher was critical of everything. She was just a negative person. Uh, But, like, John Major comes in there, and he's very observant of how the family interacts with each other, and he's very Mm -hmm. sharp on identifying what the weak links are and what they need to, to work on. And I think that's a good change of pace for the prime minister, but I also think it feels the problem of the show just overly commentating on itself and telling you what's going on, like ad nauseum, in case you you lose track of what what the deal is with all the characters and their relationships.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, it was kind of like uh, our surrogate, like he's us. Yeah, and it's until it's, we, until it's realized his life with his wife is uh, miserable, right. And
0: it's not something we think about often either, but people are aware of Diana and Charles and all that stuff, and so there is an audience that does tune into The Crown just to see, like, oh, I'll watch a later season because I know those people, I know what's going on here. So they do also have to balance doing a little bit of a reset to get people caught up to speed. So I guess on that level, it does work. Um, yeah. Overall, though, Dave, where would you place the season? What would, what would you say, like, how you feel about it?
1: Ah, that's interesting. Because, like, I didn't love the pacing of season one. Sure. But I like season two. So mm-hmm. I would say I think two is probably my favorite. Mm-hmm. Because it was peak Prince Philip wild and out around the world. Yeah. Then, ah, what's... So then I think four. Because that's young Diana, young Charles. Started, we have this other generation kind of coming up. Mm-hmm. Then three than one
0: than five than one i think i agree with that actually i I think that's that's how i feel well wait one as the worst i think one is better than five five is easily just so many liberties and just so many i feel like it also just missed opportunities with the way the episodes were shorter you know it was nice Mm -hmm. for us to watch but also just felt like they're just kind of leaving a lot of meat on the bone uh, in in certain respects of of stories that just kind of felt a little hollow (laughs) um there's yeah, that season one down.
1: season yeah. one cast is is season one season one is Peter Townsend right she's he's, he's yep. out of the picture by season two yep and season two is um what's his name from Downton, and Matthew good
0: yeah season one also has the whole uh two episode early like episode three and four where Churchill has an assistant who dies and that that's the reason why they the changed smog their, the smog and this person never existed and then we got connected and invested in this person over two episodes just to learn they were just a ghost um yeah.
1: Yeah, maybe I'll agree because I, that cast in season 1 is pretty pretty stellar.
0: <laughs> Lithgow.
1: <laughs> well, Lithgow and then uh Vanessa Kirby and yeah. Claire Foy like
0: mm-hmm. I mean this this cast is pretty stacked too. It's just more so just trying the to The weak
1: links stand out so much more in this than they yeah. do in because I think in earlier seasons there are like a lot more shining lights whereas mm-hmm. this one it's like as good as uh, Imelda Staunton is, her plots are so revolved around other characters that when Jonathan Price is involved with her, he just seems to be commentating on what's going on in the rest of the situation. And he's like, that's showing how, how hollow he is. Right. Whereas in the past, it's been like, Philip is having a crisis. Qu- the queen is doing this. Young Charles is meeting Diana. Mm-hmm. There's always multiple things cooking.
0: And there's not that much, again, it just goes back to the writing. Like I think Leslie Mansfield's a great actress, and she's great in the moments that she has stuff to do here. There just isn't that much to do with her. And I think, you know, you think when they have, like, Helen Bonham Carter, they're probably more excited to, like, work with her, so they give her more stuff, and maybe she was up to more in the 70s, but at the same time, it just seemed like they were more excited to do stuff with her than they gave to Princess Margaret this year. And even Princess Anne, I feel like the kids' version of Princess Anne was more memorable than this one, who all we know is she fancies a sailor guy and she, is she unhappy gets in her marriage and then is running off with him on the side and that's that's her this season but yeah
1: all the side characters are there's really the the kids are kind of barely characters and that's
0: I mean, you know. it's fine but
1: all the all the yeah i mean as far as the side characters that don't have like an episode on their own like a Haznat Khan or a Martin Bashir or the the you know any of those people, the Queen Mother is basically dying, so who, not too yeah. much to say about her. She's just like an old lady wandering mm-hmm. around, just talking. Yeah.
0: Well, I hope the Crown takes some bigger swings next season, and, the, and you can already see they're doing that. The episode with like the married couples talking about the divorce and how how tough that is. You know, the the Doty episode. So again, next season, just go off the script entirely. Di- let Diana take the wheel, drive off into the sunset.
1: Yeah, make it that she's alive. Yeah. Come
0: on. What are we doing here?
1: Listeners just tuned out immediately right now. What we should do now is we should do our total power rankings for the season. Let's do it. So for those of you that have jumped onto this season of The Crown to enjoy the 90s of it all, the, the, the the more modern history, what we do is we take those power rankings that we do at the end of every season, We tabulate them. We assign each one point, positive or negative, based upon where you fall. And we throw them on an Excel spreadsheet and rank how Corey and I feel about the characters at the end of the season of the whole, who had the best season, who had the worst season. So you want to get this ball rolling. We'll go on the negative side. And remember, um, usually in, in previous seasons and previous shows that we've done, we'll talk about the show at large, but with the crown being so... Structured by seasons, we're only going to tackle this season right now. Yeah. Going forward, after next season, I think we should do a big show crown breakdown and talk about who won each cast. But that's neither here nor there. Yeah, because we'll, we're we'll not get
0: there. To that at Another point: who knows when the show is going to wrap up? It's this so with, year, but you know, we'll see.
1: With that in mind, a lot of really popular characters that have good weeks and bad weeks wind up lost in the middle with, you know, mm-hmm. middling points. Yeah. Doesn't take much to get you. On the bottom or the top, if you have a couple just powerhouse weeks. So, mm-hmm. Corey, do you want to guess who our number three going down in the rankings is? Keeping in uh, mind what I just said.
0: I feel like every time the Britannia showed up, it was negative news. So, I feel like the Britannia is going down at number three.
1: Well, the Britannia is going down, but it's number eight. So, oh, wow. Okay. But talking about the news. Mm-hmm. Is that fella, it's Dookie. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Dookie is going down I mean, he had a real rough week the one time we saw him, where he was just out of touch with what people want to watch on TV. So I think that's an appropriate place for him. <laughs> down the toilet with Dookie. And we even got that shirtless scene of him too. What was that about?
1: <laughs> with his with his pegla or his um prosthetic.
0: Right, yeah, his, they were showing yeah, he didn't have a leg. Like they really
1: and, yeah. wanted to go out of their way to make it like this guy has fought for our yeah. nation. <laughs> Look at his and barrel the BBC. Chefs. And he cares so much about the integrity. And then it's like, oh, by the way, he loses. He gets obliterated yeah. by Bashir. Yep. All right. So number two, so that, keep in mind, Dookie, negative eight points. That means we both ranked him mm-hmm. worst on the week that he appeared. <clears throat> is more than one person. Is, is negative the eight.
0: Key? Because I was surprised by this, how many times I voted negative for the royalty. It is. I think
1: team. it is you single-handedly giving the royal family negative eight points.
0: You know how much they minimized Prince Andrew this year? They, they did not want to highlight him at all. <laughs> it would have been a whole I lot mean, lower. too if, old. Yeah.
1: <laughs> do you think we'll ever get more follow-up on Prince Andrew being a, a creep? Uh, or do you think that one throwaway line last season where whoever is like, you know, Prince... Prince Andrew's been with a young, young girl at school, and the Queen's like, ugh.
0: Now, now that Elizabeth and Phil have passed away, I think they have the full right to just go all in on Andrew for an episode. <laughs> just like, you know, you're not offending anyone at this point. Just do it. Just take him it, down. Take it now, if they,
1: out. they do Andrew on the Epstein plane, do they cast mm. Trump? Sure. Why not? Let's do it. <laughs> just put, like, James Austin Johnson from SNL in an episode of The Crown. Yeah. Trump. <laughs> why not? Why not? Okay. Um,
0: but, yeah, I mean, it just seems like they're they, they taking L's left and right this year, the the royalty and the monarchy, with the media portrayals of them, uh, votes. Uh, it just seemed like nothing seemed to go their way. Diana was taking W's on them all the time. So there you go.
1: Yeah, that I agree. Not much else to say there. Worst season of this show. Big jump from negative 8 points to negative 13 points. Queen Elizabeth. It It is Queen Elizabeth. She's the big loser this season. I mean, she she had a horrible year.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I mean, besides last year being a horrible year for her, she also had a horrible year on the show. That and it was horrible, horrible, whatever. (laughs) (laughs) Can't never get that one right. (laughs) I just can't say it right. Her Um, man,
1: her her son screwing up. Her daughter in law keeping just besmirching the name. Her TV's busted.
0: Prince Phil hanging out with another woman.
1: The public saying Princeville would be a better leader.
0: Yeah. Hard times, but she got the ba- Billy Bass, you know. So maybe she'll she'll rebound next year.
1: And she did have the one the 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 one with the Romanov. She has a good little end where she kind of shuts Penny up. She does do that. That's true. But still not 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 enough. Negative thirteen. Mm-hmm. That's pretty rough. Yeah. All right. So number we'll, we'll go to the positive side now. Uh. In third place going up with positive six points. Who do you think it is?
0: Someone who made a small impression. Well, I'd say Bashir.
1: Nope. Nope. Not far off, though. Okay. I don't know. It, oh, Hasnac Khan. that oh, okay. Khan. Okay.
0: Another Pakistani. Just a sim-
1: simple kind of man. <laughs>
0: that, literally, on the power of both of us giving three points to him, this guy made it into the top three for the season. So,
1: so Dookie and Hasn't Khan. <laughs> One episode, I mean, well, two episode wonders for Hasn't.
0: He was a charming guy. He got a few smooches in. I, it's a shame that they didn't get more time with him on screen. Like, if he dated Diana for two years, why are we spending more time with Dodie than the guy she was with for two years versus the guy she was with for a few months? In
1: fairness, we didn't spend much time with Dodie.
0: We got enough Dodie. We got two episodes of Dodie.
1: Yeah, we got like we got like an episode and a half. Dodie disappears for most of his first episode.
0: You got to have has Khan show up at the funeral or something next year.
1: Oh yeah, absolutely.
0: And and, and shake make uh,
1: him make him he's the surgeon or something that's trying to operate.
0: Yeah, or, or or shake Prince William and Prince Harry's hands and said, "Your mother was great in bed." <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, remember in Prince William, <laughs> Diana calls him and she, it's like, "Hey." I met a guy, and I think I want it to become a serious thing. And Prince William's like, ugh, don't talk to me. Have Hasnat Khan come up to Prince William and be like, hey, that was me. not Khan.
0: Are you, are you are you proud of that now? You, you hung up the phone on your mom? She told me
1: about it. How does that make you feel, boy?
0: <laughs> I'm your father now. I'm the daddy.
1: I'm moving in. I don't care what you say.
0: not Khan just inherits all Diana's possessions from the divorce. Oh, that would Man. be great.
1: Talk about rewriting history. <laughs> bring, bring back Hasnat.
0: <laughs> Making it a story of two fathers. It's and Prince Charles trying to raise these kids.
1: <laughs> or so Hasnott kind of just like a doof who works until midnight. He's like TV dinners and <laughs> Prince Charles is like... The way Prince Charles is, just an Anglophile who's just really yeah. boring and dull. Oh, that's
0: perfect. Prince Charles doesn't know what to do with the kids when he has them, and has not when he comes home. He's too tired. He can't do anything with the kids. <laughs> these two jamokes have to try and raise these kids. <laughs> it's so stupid.
1: Throw Dodie in there, too.
0: <laughs> he just walks in every week.
1: Hey, hey. Three, men, three men and two babies. Let's do it.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And Camilla is just off somewhere, just like, Sighing, like, oh, come
1: on. Well, that's how's not Con. You got a lot. We're fantasy booking the how's not spin spinoff. <laughs> well, I mean, I think the people want it. Um. Well, who okay. going up easy? So the up votes are a lot Bashir? less. Um, no, up, so six points. How's not Con, Third place going up. Seven points total. Who do you think it is?
0: I, I, I don't know. Prince Charles.
1: Nope. It's (laughs) Mohamed Al-Fayed.
0: I thought he was going to be number one. That's why I was holding it, because I thought he was going to be number one, but okay. The guy earned his keep. What can you say?
1: Came in, incredible performance, riveting, Mm. buys the king's house, (laughs) flexing. Gets a king's servant. Making his, his Nepo baby son all this money. Mm and he gets to like sit with Diana he convinces Diana to go on vacation with him at the end
0: yeah I mean he's doing all the hard work for Doty honestly so
1: oh yeah yeah he is uh, and and he's doing all the the charm work too like he's doing every bit of work for Doty
0: kudos to him
1: alright number one
0: either Bashir or Diana
1: you gotta pick who do you think
0: we didn't give Bashir that many points. It can't be. And Diana actually kind of had a rough season. I'm going to go with Prince Charles as a dark horse.
1: Uh, it's Bashir. It's Martin Bashir. It Bashir? Oh, Positive man. eight points. Trash. So we both gave him first place in the week that he acquires the interview, and then I gave hmm. him second place. Okay. Or I gave him first place and you gave him on the negative because he thought he was a scumbag or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he is a scumbag.
0: This is incredible. Our top three this year are none of these white Anglo-Saxon English people. It's yeah. great. Thanks, Crown. Look at
1: us. Little did we know how woke we were. <laughs>
0: yeah, little did we know. Uh, wait, so where were Charles and Diana in terms of their points for
1: the season? So Char- Diana is positive four overall. Okay. So so to- uh, it goes Hasn't Khan is third place. And then we have a tie right below Husnath Khan of Tony Blair and Princess Margaret, mm. and then all tied for four Diana, Sidney Johnson. That's the Butler from Muhammad Dodi. and Doty are all yeah. tied for positive four. Wow. Charles, let's see where Charles is. He is. A, he leaves the season. It's a wash. It's zero for him. Okay,
0: because I was surprised how many up weeks I had for for Charles, but. Yeah, he did take some L's there.
1: He well, did take some L's. That
0: is The Crown, season five.
1: Hmm. Now, I guess the problem with most of the shows we watch is we can make a prediction for what season six is going to be like. But with this show, it's like Tony wow. Blair, <laughs> Dodie.
0: No, okay, I, here's, a, here's a guess. How many episodes do we get Mohamed al in? More than two or less than two?
1: Well, how many episodes do we get Diana in?
0: I mean, I guess that's a better question.
1: Well, I mean, Dodi's that... definitely... Or not Dodi. Um, Mohammed's definitely going to be in one if we pick up where we left off. And I think i think this show should pick up pretty much immediately where the season leaves off as far as... we She can't go on vacation to Dodi's uh, Saint-Tropez and not see what happens there. We need to this see is that a, vacation.
0: This is how I think it breaks out, is there's three or four episodes, Diana's in them, Sandra Page, False for Doty and stuff. They do one episode that's entirely not related to the family or something. Maybe this is the Prince Andrew plane ride and Epstein and stuff like that because they want to just kind of kick down the road, the Diana passing. And I'd say around episode five or six, she finally passes. And then the last four episodes, the last, then there's a couple episodes dealing with the fallout from that and a couple episodes that kind of put a tidy bow on the whole history there
1: where do you think the show ends her death
0: no it's the turn of the century probably around 2000 i would say because beyond that you start to just kind of where do you what do you get in that exactly i mean it's too current of history and stuff and i don't know
1: just yeah it, especially considering like prince charles is was it was prince charles until the last year like you can't even tread those stories again. Like, he's a dude in his 60s waiting to become the king. Yeah. Like, how how much can they really
0: mine that? And you know what's going to be so... I mean, they're going to have to do it. But the end of the show is just going to end with title card title cards that say, and Queen and Queen Elizabeth passed away in 2022. It's like, yep, yeah, we all lived through it. We know she did die then. But mm-hmm. for posterity's sake, people need to know this in the future, I guess.
1: Yeah, I, I, could, I think I kind of agree with what you're saying, and I wonder if we'll get a, uh, a full on like, did they give Margaret a full on episode? Oh, about right, her on, she, on her she, way out the door.
0: That's the thing, because she passes away in 2002, so that would mm-hmm. I think they keep her through the whole show, and I think they end on a note of their sisterhood or something like that, possibly. Uh, oh, okay. And maybe that's where it wraps up is her passing away. Because, you know, so much of the show, especially the early history, is intertwined with their relationship, you know. So I can see that as a logical jumping off point.
1: Yeah, I guess the problem is, like, how do you really... And this is kind of speaking to what we talked about with the season, like, bookending on sort of irrelevant things. Mm -hmm. When you make it about history that's constantly moving, history doesn't tell one straight narrative. No. You know, if you were reading a novel and in the last third of the novel some lightning rod like princess diana came in and then died and was the end of the story you wouldn't feel unsatisfied right so i feel like they do need to make this show have a emotional arc that pays off your people you know the loyalty of the viewer so that might not be a bad way to do it
0: we'll see we'll see uh and yeah so we'll be moving on to a different season five now as we were saying earlier pole dark next week here we go that's right
1: Finally, yeah. We've been waiting for it,
0: and that show I think in their history has caught up to the crown, right? And so then all the crown characters come into play. Oh yeah, <laughs> not, not at all,
1: the Romanovs.
0: Yeah, but that's next week. Dave, have you have you been watching anything else?
1: Well, I watched something that we're going to talk about on Patreon. Oh, that's right. We're gonna we're gonna spread the love with a little movie called Notting Hill, which features a a young dark haired Hugh Bonneville. Yeah, so I watched I, that.
0: Yeah, for for Valentine's Day for for all y'all Patreon listeners.
1: And then um I don't think I've watched, you know, I it's been I've been busy. Mm-hmm. I'm, I keep kicking kicking the tires about Last of Us because part of me just wants to let the season end and sure. burn through it in like 2 days, but I think, you know, the way people have been talking about this Nick Offerman episode, I think I, I might have to jump on cuz the Hey,
0: yeah, you can wait. It's good. Okay. You can right. wait. <laughs> Love is Blind is coming back this Friday, man. With the with the was it the follow up after the, the after the altar. Yeah. So priorities. <laughs> and, oh yeah, and
1: then his next week is the the the, the Avengers. crossover
0: <laughs> on Netflix. So get excited. That's right.
1: What about you, Corey? You watching anything?
0: You know, I just really didn't want to think much this weekend. Oh, I I did watch. I started watching Poker Face, the new Natasha Leon show on Peacock. That's actually pretty good. Brian
1: Johnson show. Okay. Yeah,
0: I like it. It's really fun. It's like, you know, Murder, She Wrote or Columbo, you know, solving murder mysteries every episode. Procedural, but, uh, you know, has a through line. It's good. Um, But I was feeling really lazy this weekend, so I just was crushing animated episodes of Star Wars Rebels. (laughs) Just catching up before uh, Ahsoka comes back this year and to know what's going on with that character and everything. So, you know, all in on Thrawn and all that stuff. It's it's, uh, cool. That's fun stuff. Yeah. So that's where I'm at in my life. My That's sisters. a good place to be. <laughs> Doing just fine.
1: Hey, we're here talking about history books. It's not, you know, yeah. who Got are we to talk to go.
0: Got a long well, way to go. Well, we'll leave it there. You know where to find us lordsgrantham at gmail.com if you want to email us. You can find us on Instagram, uh, Twitter, uh, Facebook. Uh, you can also subscribe to our Patreon if you want to hear some of our bonus episodes. Uh, and also leave us a 5 star rating or review if you so choose on anywhere where you listen to our podcast and you can also find our entire archive on our Podbean website thank you all
1: indeed